What's up and welcome to the first Americans Abroad Soccer Podcast. And yes, we will call it soccer here because we are in the USA. If you want to call it football, you be my guest. And who knows, my co-host, my son Cole, he may do that. But I will probably just call it soccer. What do you got to say, Cole? Cole here. You know, every now and then I do use the term football, but I'll try and stick to the soccer label on here as this is a USMNT podcast. I'll be honest. I know that it is, and I talk about it football, and sometimes when I want to be obnoxious with my American friends who call it soccer all the time, I will call it football, the real football. But this is a podcast for Americans, and most people here call it soccer, so I think we're going to go ahead and do that. At least I will. For sure. I'm with you. All right. Hey, as you know, this is the first episode of Americans Abroad. If you listen to our introduction, and if you hadn't, go back and listen to it. This is a weekly podcast. I'm Johnny Morton. My son, Cole, is our co-host with me. Um, And we're going to be all about USA players that are playing abroad, mostly in Europe. And if they're anywhere else, we'll find them. So we won't be talking about MLS, a lot of the league, a lot of leagues there, a lot of stuff. You can go find your own podcast on that. We're just talking about Americans abroad. Uh, let's tell you a little bit about us, Cole. How long have you been? Uh, you've watched as long as you've been alive, pretty much. Because I think I had you playing ball from the crib. Yeah, I think that uh, one thing that's unique about it is this: we do come at from it as more of a fan's perspective. We don't have any experience in professional game anything like that but i would say we do have a lot of experience as fans i played a lot for you know up until college and so had a a decent bit of playing experience but i think from in terms of watching you know just because we've been watching for so long i think you probably had me watching liverpool games when i was absolutely as he said i we're both liverpool fans and we will not be shy about saying that whenever it comes up. Uh, but we're really, too, we're fans pretty much of anywhere Americans are playing. We're going to be a fan of that team. Agreed. So, and I think that, I think one thing that kind of developed over the years is, yeah, the U.S. has been the team that I, I care about the most, I've found, over the years, especially when it comes to just important games for the u.s whether it's world cup qualifiers tournaments the actual world cup and so that's been a lot of my favorite experiences as a fan games i've been to just talking about and i think that especially as the team has grown uh, just when it comes to fans and popularity in the u.s but also ability and um just the depth of the player pool i think we'll talk a lot more just you see all these kind of this invasion of U.S. players in Europe at, at actual big clubs than when maybe eight years ago when it's like we got a player on a big club on the bench in a game. It's like we're excited. Yeah, we were excited about that. Takeover. Yeah, so it's like when Pulisic was making the bench for Dortmund, it was exciting. So now to see U.S. players really all over Europe and playing at big clubs, playing big minutes has been a really cool thing. And I think just over time, we've grown to love the U.S. M&T even more and more. And so I think that's a little bit how we decided kind of to take this on as a topic of the podcast. Hey, what's your earliest memories of USA soccer? I think that I remember a little bit of 2006 World Cup 
I think I remember that draw against Italy in the group stage, the yeah. goal. I remember, but obviously ended up being a disappointing tournament. That was one that, but I wasn't really a fan at that point. You know, I was 10 at the time. And so I remember it, but I think 2010 World Cup was the first one I have like four memories. Obviously the Donovan goal against Algeria was like. Yeah, it's one of the classics all time. Yeah. And so that tournament specifically, and not even just from a U.S. focus, but just as a fan of soccer in general, I think that was kind of a tournament that first drew my attention that I was like really begin to love to actually watch soccer. Mine probably goes back a little further than you because I'm a lot older than you. Uh, I mean, you know, I grew up in the South and nobody played soccer. Everything was football, American football. I grew up playing American football. I didn't play soccer. And in 1984, 94, 1994, I said 84, 1994. Yeah, in uh, 1994, the U.S., when they hosted, I happened to be in Orlando, and we stayed at the same hotel. I was down there to do a wedding. I really didn't, I really wasn't a big soccer fan. And we stayed in the same hotel that the Netherlands national team stayed in. And all their fans were there. And I got hooked because these people were crazy. Ever you went, you just saw people dressed head to toe in orange. People painted themselves orange. It was an insane atmosphere. And I that's when it, I got hooked on it. And that's when the USA had those classic star jerseys, the faded denim, denim. jerseys, Alexi Lawless with his red afro all over the place. And I was hooked on it ever since then. All right, so let's look. We got brand new season just starting off. It's been a busy summer for Americans abroad. We got a lot of guys that are changing teams. So where do you want to go first, Cole? I think it's the busiest summer transfer-wise probably ever for the U.S. team. I think just in terms of movement of players to different clubs, I think, and especially when it comes to big names. I mean, it's it's crazy you think Wea, Pulisic, McKinney, Musa, all these guys playing in new clubs. I think, obviously, we can start with Pulisic. Well, McKinney's now, still at Juventus. Well, but it obviously comes from Yeah, he Leeds came from Leeds. Year, That's because so. Leeds was a bust. Let me, let me just say this before we jump into it. Do you think it's been, for some people, they think it's been maybe a step back? Because all of a sudden, I mean, we had guys at, you know, we had guys at Chelsea. We had guys at Barcelona. And all of a sudden, it's, okay, now, Serie A, let's face it, AC Milan, they were in the semifinals of the Champions League last year, and they were one of the classic uh, second to Real Madrid in all-time Champions League wins. Uh, Do you think it's been sort of a step back? Do you think it's sort of been a negative thing? Had they sort of reached too high, maybe places they shouldn't have been? I think maybe if you you would look maybe from a PR perspective, you know, from a year or two ago when you did on paper, you had these huge clubs where Chelsea, where Barcelona. And I think maybe in that sense, it feels like a step back a little bit because they've gone to maybe some smaller clubs. But I think ultimately for the player pool, it's better because it's realistically Dest Barcelona was probably one step too far. Yeah, that was he probably he never should have been. I don't think. And so my thing is now at PSV, it's like maybe it doesn't have the name brand that Barcelona does. It might, it, and that was a failed stint. I think it's obvious to yeah, say. Yeah, no doubt. Barcelona just 
he wasn't, and then he wasn't like Bachavi, and it just, and the fans kind of turned on him. So it was not a good situation. But I think ultimately for his development as a player, it's going to be much better even playing at a lower division, a lower, you know, league like the Eredivisie. I think it's going to be much better for his development as a player to play regularly for PSV. So I yeah. think it may, in certain ways, and I think it's a little bit player by player, but ultimately it wasn't good for Pulisic to stay at Chelsea. Well, Chelsea was game. a crapshoot. That place was just a basket case. I mean, it's there's still a basket case. Even, you know, you yeah. look at their situation now. I mean, as a Liverpool fan, i got to throw this in. You know, after that fiasco with Moises Calcedo and then to see him have a really, really crappy game on his debut for Chelsea. And I know he won't stay that way, but I will say that I was yeah. kind of happy to see that. And I, and I think that's part of the problem is when you go to a club like a Chelsea, you go to a Barcelona, the you have so much focus on you. Pulisic, he has one okay game, and then maybe he doesn't play good in another game. You're out of the lineup for another two weeks, three weeks. And yeah, so well, that's because I, I had that, like 37 strikers and front guys. It's ridiculous. And so the thing can get pretty toxic. Where I've even seen stuff on Twitter with Caicedo. It's people are already ragging him like he's a bust because he subbed yeah, in of one, game. one game and he gave up a penalty. It's like well, that's, and part I mean, of that, that though is on my, that's on Chelsea too. I think that this guy just comes in. He has no chance to adjust. He couldn't have had a whole lot of time to even play with a team and integrate, and they just stick him and start him out. You got really hope yes, that I, it doesn't uh, affect him. No, and I ultimately think that it, you know, it's better for our players, even if it's maybe a slightly lower level. We're still playing at decent clubs. I, the minutes are, if you can get minutes at a club like AC Milan, you can get minutes at a club like PSV, then I'm all for that versus, you know, you play significantly less minutes at a Chelsea or a Barcelona. Yeah, so sitting on the I'm, bench somewhere. I'm all for the movement. What um what do you think about Pulisic's? Yeah, that's start? probably Obviously the I, I think the big story of the weekend is Christian Pulisic. Um, you know, I was I to be hey I was ecstatic that he played as well as he did. I, I think that was so key for him to get off to a good start. He had such an incredible welcome there from the fans. You know, he's talked a lot, and I think he is. I think he is a player as much as anybody I've seen that needs to feel wanted, that needs to feel a connection to the place that he is. And I don't know how anyone could feel the connection to Chelsea with the zoo that that was the past several years. And, you know, for him to start out that way, man, I just think that's going to be huge for his confidence, I think, for the belief of the coach and the other players around him seeing what he did. I thought he had an incredible game there. Yeah, I think that... I like you talked about kind of the weight of the pressure at say a club like Chelsea. I think especially when the fans turn on you quick with some bad performances, I think you could see some freedom in the way it was playing that I hadn't seen since probably the lockdown for at club level. Yeah. Club you know, level. He's had great performances it's almost what you see when he's playing for the team. national team. Yeah. Right. And he's had great performance for the national team, but you haven't seen him that free at the club level, I think through a couple of years. And so, and it wasn't just the goal was, was an incredible goal. You, I mean, one of the best I haven't seen him hit a ball like that I didn't yeah that was I pretty sweet in him but I hadn't seen him score a goal like that really and so and but it wasn't just that I mean his his danger when he was on the ball every time he got it you could see he was posing a threat you he just seemed 
like he was a new player in a lot of ways. And so I think that's that's real exciting. When it how much to of that too? Of how much of that do you think is, you know, one, he's in a place where he feels wanted, but I think there's probably also a certain comfort level because of some of the players that he's playing with. You know, yeah. you go back and one of the strongest connections he had at uh, Chelsea was with Giroud. And so yeah. now to have him again and to be there, somebody that knows him, somebody that can play with him and play off of him. And then when you get Eunice hopefully coming into the lineup after this crazy carryover suspension, uh, you know, you've got him, you've got other guys that were from Chelsea. So I think that's also a real positive. Ruben lost his cheek starting in the midfield there. Yep. And so I think, I think, yeah, you, there's a lot of, a lot of Chelsea players that went throughout the season. So I think there is some comfortability there. Obviously the coach, even seeing the quotes from him after the game, he seems to very much rate Pulisic and believe in him as a player. And so you can tell that there's a comfort level for him that he probably hasn't had in a long time aside from playing for the national team. Yeah. I think his biggest obstacle is going to be just, he's got, unfortunately he's got a history of just these nagging injuries that come up. And I I guess one of the good things, Milan is known for their, the treatment program there and the facilities they have and really rejuvenating guys in their bodies. And I think that's why you even see old guys you had Zlatan last year playing at, what, 40? And, right. and even being able then to be productive players, I'm hoping that's going to be a real positive for Christian as well. And even there, I think I think I saw Giroud is 36, yeah. 35, something yeah. like that. So <laughs> and he looks as good as he's looked in years, to be honest, from the way he was playing. So, yeah, you can see that it's not a bad place for an aging player. All right, who else you want to talk about? Let's go talk about some other guys right now. I think uh, I want to hear your thoughts just on the whole transfer drama with Tyler. Obviously, finally getting the move to Bournemouth, but I mean, it's been yeah. it's been one of the sagas of the summer in all of. Yeah, it was sort of this life, little side so. story with all the Chelsea Liverpool stuff going on in Calcedo that he was obviously him and Lavia were the big things there and sort of that little thing you got there that supposedly Tyler's sitting around all week thinking he's going to get signed by Chelsea and then they back out which makes sense I mean how many defensive midfielders are you going to buy but I know Chelsea they just keep buying and buying buying but still all three of those midfielders are defense midfielders even if you throw an Enzo so it's yeah I know that would be it would be crazy strategy yeah I I know he wanted to go there and I think that you know and maybe before they signed everybody else and the grandmothers. But I don't think, you know, I think Bournemouth is a great place for him to be. Yeah, they got the new coach, I think. I mean, they went the real bold strategy. So they stay up last year and they fire their coach in the summer, Yeah, which is, and I think you see that as kind of a statement from the club that, they want more than to be fighting relegation battles each each year. I think they want to play a specific style of football. The brand they're playing is very possession-based now. They they want to be a very progressive team. And so I think that it, hopefully if things work out, they made some other signings this summer. I think hopefully that it'll be a, a team that's pretty progressive and, I mean, fingers crossed, aren't in that battle uh, for relegation towards the end of the season. So I, I think it's a good landing spot. I think at the end of the day, Leeds look a mess right now. Yeah, they hated that. No, Leeds wanted to hang on to him, but I think as soon as he 
basically said, no, I'm not staying here. I'm going to go to the Premier they League. They him. sort of turned on him. They, I know the fans did. I mean, it's been nasty with a lot of players. I think, yeah. I mean, you've seen there's another saga going on with Willie Nanto trying to leave the club, and it's a whole mess. And so Jack Harrison, I saw fans even giving him grief, and he'd been there for four or five years, been part of them getting promoted. So I think it turned a bit nasty there. And to be honest, I I think Tyler is – He'd be one of the best players in the championship. I think he he should be playing at a Premier League level team. He's yep. good enough to be there. He was he was one of Leeds' best players last year for the injury. I think they stay up probably. Yeah, I think they probably first. stayed up, and you don't even have this whole story if he stays injury free the whole year there. Yeah, so I, I, it's one to watch. It's exciting. I think it'll be. I think it'll be. Uh, hopefully, a really good season for them. He might hopefully get his debut Saturday. They play Tottenham. Saturday morning, so that'll be one to watch. Let's stay in the Premier League for just a minute. Uh, Some of the guys, Matt Turner, finally actually playing soccer again. Yeah, I'm excited for for him. He's gotten both starts. He actually had a huge save in the Sheffield. Yeah, I saw that. Towards the end, kind of 80th minute, a 1v1, had a really good save. I think that... Hopefully, I'm hoping that transfer window closes and they haven't. The, so, yeah, yeah, I know they're going after Henderson. Been rumors about Dean Henderson. I also saw rumors that he's still been hurt. Other clubs he was linked to, so I don't think it's a set. Like that, Nottingham is the only club pursuing him. Is Horvath, think, Horvath is still there? Where Horvath is on the? He's been on the bench at Nottingham, so. Probably for his best would be go somewhere else, especially if they're trying to bring in another goalie. Yeah, try to drop him down even further. Yeah, so I think uh, alone, and he was good in the championship last year, helped get Luton promoted. So I think that another loan maybe to a championship side team wouldn't be the worst thing. I was actually surprised that Luton didn't end up trying to keep him going into the Premier League Well, I know, he helped them get there, and then it was sort of like, okay, thanks. Yeah, it was really interesting, and so, and you don't know always the behind the scenes of what that, if they weren't going to loan him again to another Premier League team, it was only going to be a permanent, or what the deal was exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it'd be in his best interest. Probably go down to the championship, get games. That's the most important thing, I think, as a goalie. Just get actual playing time. Who else we got? We got Fulham. Yeah, I saw that Tim Ream had a red card. Yeah, I know. Which I thought was a bit soft. Yeah, it was a. Yes, it was two yellows, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that that, I didn't even think the second one was much of a foul. Yeah, yeah, that was. You know, I think it's always the early season calls by refs are always going to be interesting. There, I think they sort of overreact to things. you know, almost trying to set a tone for the year. McAllister, same thing happened at Liverpool, and I'm sure there were other ones. Uh, but he's in a good place. Anthony Robinson, what do you think the odds are that Balogun ends up there? Yeah, I mean, he has been, uh, other than Tyler, he might be the biggest name that's been just all over the news, transfer saga-wise. I think that I've seen links to Fulham a lot because of the Mitrovic sale to Saudi Arabia, which I think is... Quite, it's a really tough loss for Fulham. He, I mean, that was their, you know, I haven't looked up what it was, but I'm going to guess he scored 75% of their goals over the past two years. And so. Yeah, it was so different. The first time, the you know, when they were in the Premier League before, he struggled. But after leading them back to the Premier League, he was awesome last year. 
Yeah, he was unbelievable. So I think they they have to get someone in, and I think they're probably willing to splash the cash after that deal. So I think that's a very possible landing spot. It'd be interesting because he's such a different player to Mitrovic that I'm I'm just curious. They haven't. He's not the target forward that no. you've seen with Mitrovic. He likes to run off uh, his wingers. Ball slipped in behind. He's quick. He's a good finisher, but he's not that target poacher guy going to win every ball in the air that Mitrovic is. So I, that'll be interesting to see. I've seen Monaco linked pretty heavily, which wouldn't be the worst worst landing spot, I don't think. I think he had a lot of success already in Liga, so I think that going yeah, to he should, better Yeah, he'd be the comfortable league, there, you would think. And Monaco's higher up than where he was, so... So I don't I don't think that's the worst deal. There's been a couple other mid-table Premier League teams I've seen linked that it'll be interesting. I think there is I mean I'm I'm almost 100% confident he's leaving Arsenal before the window's open. They seem pretty set on getting the money and selling him. They haven't even he hasn't even been in really on in lineups for any of the Arsenal games like on the bench even. So I'm thinking that... Yeah, it's got to be because, you know, they don't want him having a chance of getting hurt and that blows any chance of him uh, so going somewhere it's really, else. It's real interesting. I'm I'm thinking with Jesus hurt right now, I'm surprised he... They must just be dead set on what's selling him. He's got a huge price tag right now because you would think he would be someone with Katia Trossard who would be in that mix to be starting for yep, him. Yeah, I would think so too. Without Jesus. So they must just be thinking we can get a lot of money for him. It's a good time to sell. Yeah, well, they're asking a lot. They're asking like, what, 60, I think? Yeah, 50, 50, 60. That's everything I've seen has been in that range. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking it's going to take probably 50 to get him, whoever does it. So, which was around what I think the Mitrovic deal was. So they've got the funds. All right. For our first week, uh, we're going to be shutting out in just a few minutes. But let me ask you this then. Of all of the, you know, I guess the guys that are important, and we think in the USMN's national team, who's the guy that you're most concerned about where his situation is and what's going on with him? Who would you put there? That is a, that is a good question. <laughs> there you go. Hey, let me think for a second. I think that I'm curious what's going to happen with Pepe watching PSV today that Luke de Jong seems to be a very good striker. Yeah, I, it's that was my same you know, thought I'm, there. I'm, it's hard for me to – I don't see a scenario unless de Jong gets hurt where he's taking over the starting role for him. So, you know, hopefully he's getting meaningful minutes. Maybe they play two strikers at certain points. I think, I think that's got to be the hope because I don't see him – taking his position on the field. De Jong seems to be their best player from what yeah, I Yeah, and that's today. hard. That's you hate that for Pepe just because if he's not he didn't if he's not going to be getting the playing time, that's going to be in trouble and that's going to make it better for somebody like Josh Sargent who uh is really right now, man, he's just started out on fire down in the championship. Yeah, I think I think that'll be interesting to see. I think, like we said, Horvath, his stock is probably not in a good place right now. I haven't even seen hardly any rumors about him moving right now. I think that that's. Hey, what about Richardson? And you don't. I I would love to see them loan him out. I think I'd seen rumors, even maybe one or two about Hoffenheim back where he'd been. I think that it just doesn't seem like he's going to get the chance at no. Palace. 
No, I agree. And that's what I'm thinking maybe for somebody who we're sort of, man, we're really looking on him to come through for that, you know, as a center defense for us. I I think that's going to hurt him as much as anybody not getting playing time. Now, I've been surprised by how little they've utilized him. I know he had the injury problems last year, especially that he missed a large chunk of kind of the season. Have you heard anything on have you heard anything on why? You know, not not for the most part. I think they do have pretty good center backs. Yep. So I think that and Palace seem to be pretty it they're not playing European football. So they don't have as much of a congested schedule. It doesn't seem like they're having to change it up as much with their center backs. He's played a little bit. He's even played a little bit at right back. And he hasn't been bad when he's played. But the minutes have just been pretty scarce for the most part. And so it would be – I think he needs – I think for his – he's got to be playing. He's – especially you don't want your development to stall right there at this point in your career when it's been looking really promising. No, he's at that age where he's got to get somewhere that he's playing regularly. He doesn't need to just sit there, and and it's not a situation that, you know, you think, oh, the level of play there, it's so good. He's getting more in practice, like if you're at Man City or something. He needs to be somewhere where he's playing. And I know that center backs, they take longer to develop. They play until they're, you know, grandfathers, I think, some of them. But I don't think that's a good spot for him at all right now. Same. And back to that one thing I want to say about Pepe that I think is interesting is the striker position has been something of weakness, obviously, especially when it comes to depth the past couple of years. And now all of a sudden, Pepe, I think, is in risk of falling a little in the pecking order because you've got Balagoon, who's definitely the clear one right now. But then Josh Sargent and Haji Wright are getting regular minutes in the championship right now and are both scoring goals. Sargent, yeah. from everything I've he scored, Sargent scored twice so far this season. He has been the man of the match in two of their matches. He's been rated as one of the highest players in the championship so far. And then Haji Wright's also had a great start, had a goal and assist. So I think there's people behind him who are getting regular playing time at a decent level that I think it's a position now that's maybe not quite such a weakness it was six, 12 months ago, even thinking starting the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, and even then he's got even more problems if Ferreira actually gets moved. I know he's, there's been rumors that he has to some teams in Spain. And right. if that happens, and, you know, I'm still not set on him, even though everything he did during the Gold Cup and such. But we got to see it against, I think, some better teams. Yeah, I, I think agree. That, and I, I really don't – he's a – what I would say is he's a good backup striker at the at the international level right now. He's not he hasn't taken anything by storm where he's a must put in the lineup, but you feel comfortable when it comes to your rhythm of play, your style of play that he's going to do a job. But I'm not trusting him right now to score big goals. No, but he can. You can play him against some of the weaker teams, and he'll get you four for sure. So, he's all right. Last thing, last thing, and I already said that. Who do you think? Who do you want to see get a move from where they are right now more than anybody? Yeah, I think uh, some of the ones we've mentioned, I think that, you know, I'm I'm hoping for Weston that he 
gets regular playing minutes this year. You know, there have been rumblings about him leaving Juve in the earlier summer window. I And he came in as kind of a sub, but he's been playing out of position. Like, every time he plays for Juve, it's at the right mid or somewhere like that. And so, that, Now they're playing as a winger. I mean, he came yeah, in the other so day I for Waya. And it's been – I feel like he's been on a bit of a roller coaster career-wise. Yeah, well, it was part of that because so much he's – years. Do you think he's got the problem that he, he does? He They keep playing him in so many positions that it's like you're a jack of all trades but a master of none, and so you never get settled anywhere. And you just wonder, yeah, where does he need to go? It was like that also – Back in the day when he was playing for Schalke, I mean, he would play right back some games, center back, right mid, and hardly ever he'd play center mid. I mean, I think there was one game he was playing a false nine at one point for them because yeah, he actually he did. was a utility man. And so I think that I, I would love to see him, if, even if it's at Juventus, somewhere where he's going to consistently play in the midfield. It is a, even if it's as a six, I'd, obviously we'd rather see him as an eight. I think that's where he's at his best is at an eight. That's where he's going to play for the national team. So I think that for me, I'd like to see some more consistency, whether that's even just positionally for them, game time. But I don't think a move would be the worst thing. I haven't seen that anywhere really rumbling things for that, but I don't think it'd be the worst thing. All right. on the Oh, I know one person we didn't mention that I can't believe we haven't. What the heck did Gio up to? I haven't even seen anything, to yeah. be honest. I mean, I don't think he needs to move. I think his it's just it's always with him a fitness issue. The coach they've even said that, you know, he I've seen some stuff that he's gonna be back in after the international break or so maybe two three weeks, but at the it's coming down to at the end of the day he's when he is fit he plays at least a decent a bit. He's not an everyday starter for them, but he's he he's like super sub. He's had put in good performances for them. I think they rate him really highly. He's a great player. But he's become one of those players that you get worried about when it comes to is he just going to struggle with entries for a large part of his career? Because that's been – he's missed a lot of time already in his career because of big injuries. Yeah, he is still – the thing in his favor, he's still young. and He's got a body that's still growing and developing. And But you're right. He's got to learn to stay fit. And uh, you just He'll hope that he that can because pure talent, he's probably got as much talent as anybody we have. I would agree. So I think that's that's one to – I don't think he needs a move, but he just got has to stay fit. He's got to stay fit. got to find a way. Hopefully he'll grow out of that a little bit. I think even Pulisic has struggled less with injuries than he did the first couple years of his career. So players do, I think get out of that a little bit but there are also players who you know that's their career the injuries just kind of derail what could have been a really promising career and so yeah well let's hope that doesn't happen to geo all right any last words as we get ready to sign off here don't think so i think uh the only notes i would say is i'm i'm really looking forward to that eunice Pulisic link up at AC Milan hoping he gets some hoping he can work his way into the lineup I don't think he has as clear a path as Pulisic does but I think he's definitely going to play a lot of promising minutes so looking forward to that well we'll see what happens hey folks we just want to say thanks for putting up with us and listening to us 
And uh, we plan on having a few other voices joining us in the future. But uh, until then, we will say good night. See you later. <laughs>